and welcome back to the Business Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Louise, and today we're going to talk about something that may not at first glance seem like a boundaries issue, but totally is. And that is undercharging. I truly believe that undercharging is kind of a chronic problem, um, especially for freelancers, women and minorities. Um, All too often, we undervalue the work that we do or let fear get in the way of charging appropriately for our work. So there's usually one of two fears at play or, you know, some twist on them. They are one, fear of being turned down and not being able to pay our bills. Two, fear of rejection or displeasing or upsetting somebody else. Now, as an Olympic level catastrophe thinker, I've definitely spent a lot of time in that first category. Um, What's kind of worse for me is that when I quit my last job many years ago, I didn't have a plan at the time. So there was two months when I was kind of like flailing around and I had no money come in. When I think back to that time, honestly, I just have this vision of myself in the car, sat in the passenger seat in complete panic. So you can imagine what it was like. But as soon as we're making enough money to cover our bills, that fear is no longer serving us. I think to a certain extent, it pushes us to take action, at least if you're the kind of person that can take action from that place of fear. I totally know some people that would ju- that just freeze up. But um, as soon as we're not in that survival mode, the fear only serves to hold us back. The second fear is fear of rejection and displeasing people. And this one's definitely one for all the people pleasers out there. I am a recovering people pleaser. Um, and while I wasn't a very good employee because I have that entre- entrepreneurial energy and if you have ever um done the sacred money archetypes i'm a maverick so i'm not super employable however the people pleaser in me also made me like a really good employee because i was so desperate to make people happy but when you come to your own business with that kind of same please like me and please like what i do and look at how good i am energy it just doesn't work um You end up saying yes to things that you don't have the time or energy to do. So I totally get where that fear of, oh my God, I can't pay my bills. I have to take all work comes from. And that's kind of the best case scenario. Um, So if we want to break out of the cycle of undercharging for our work, we've got to start imagining of what that next level income version of ourselves would do in the same situation. Um, not one that's making like so much money that they, you know, feel completely different from ourselves and definitely not the version of ourselves that has only increased their income because they are hunched over the computer or, you know, whatever your work looks like 24 hours a day and completely stressed and have lost all sense of self and can't remember when you last showered. But the person who has more money, but the same or even less work than they once had. So overcoming undercharging is really the only way to do this besides creating passive income, which I I don't think you can very easily successfully create passive income if you are, if it's coming from a place of I can't possibly charge more for whatever I do, so I better just create something that people can buy without interacting with me. So I, as a writer, I've also written fiction a lot. And for a long time, I wanted to throw in the towel and just be a fiction writer because I was, honestly, I was so afraid of interacting with people that the idea of being a hermit and just selling my books and never having to interact with someone was like the dream. 
it kind of is, but like, you know, it's an introvert's dream, but it's not reality. So no one else is going to decide that we're worth more. At a job, you may have a great company that recognizes you for your work and gives you a raise or bonus based on your performance, but it's not super common. Most companies expect you to tell them why you're worth more to them if you want a raise. And most people actually end up moving jobs rather than getting a raise where they are. Of course, in our business, there's no one else to do that for you. Um, your clients aren't going to be a Prince Charming who come along and, you know, tell you the work is so incredible. Here's an extra five figures on top of what you charge. As lovely as that sounds. And, you know, we can dream. Um, but it's not it's not really going to happen. Um, it's your responsibility to decide what value you require for your energy. So that leads me on to what I want you to start reframing kind of how you interact with clients and customers in terms of money in this new way. So I heard from a long time from mentors that money is an energy. And while I got that, um, it didn't really change anything for me. Like, yeah, okay, money's an energy, but so what? <laughs> I'm always interested in the manifestation talk, but I'm not like super into it from anything other than that point of view of having a vision and you manifesting it. I don't always connect well with the kind of magic aspect of it. So I found that as soon as people got into the energy, I didn't always connect with it. I do now energy and manifestation and stuff you start to like get a little like okay how does this actually apply then think of it this way money is the value you exchange for your energy it's an energy exchange so think of money as the value or quote unquote energy that somebody gives you for the energy you give them through your time services programs products whatever now the reason why this is so important is because we so often especially when we're undercharging put money on a pedestal and we think that just because someone gave us you know not physical money but you know real money that they are entitled to but i didn't then so here's how if you're like me and you as soon as people start talking about pretty much everything um you definitely hear especially like when you're just chatting with friends and family that, you know, you paid money for something, therefore you can have blah, 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 and you've got rights. And obviously that's true. Exchanging money for something does give you rights. That's one of the benefits of paying for something over getting something for free. But that it is in our society, that is how we exchange value. We give money for something else of value. And we need to remember that our energy is one of the most important things of all. It's how we spend our day. It's it's what gives us creativity and joy. And, you know, if we're giving somebody a piece of our energy, it's it's honestly worth more than what people are willing to pay for it. But our society runs on money, so we have to attach a monetary value to that. But it's up to you to do that. So now we've got that little, like, theory out of the way. Let's actually dive into six practical uh, tips and ways you can reframe these thoughts so that you can stop undercharging for your work because unless you're in an industry that is <laughs> charges low for something such as like a low priced physical product charging low for something is always coming from in our brains so i've actually got like people doc 
with more practical tips that you can grab. Put the link to that in the show notes for this episode so you can go and get that if you want to have a document with additional tips and something that you can refer to next time you are pricing. So tip number one, and I want you to write this down somewhere or imprint it in your brain. It is not my responsibility to decide what someone can or can't afford. How many times have you thought about discounting your prices because you felt like someone couldn't afford you and you wanted to help them? There are a few different things going on when we do this. One aspect is that we're letting our perspective of what is or isn't affordable for somebody impact how we price something. But the truth is, we all have different perspectives of what something is affordable or what's expensive. You know, somebody that needs something has a completely different perspective than someone who is just looking at a thing with the price tag. We also have different opinions on what we value. For example, I'm not really into clothes. So as long as something's not a piece of crap and is um, preferably eco-friendly and, you know, I like the style, I'd be interested. But I'm not somebody who pays £500 for a cardigan. Now, there's plenty of people in the world that will, but it doesn't make me right and them wrong or them right and me wrong. It's just we have different interpretations of value. You know, conversely, I'm what I term a mild car nerd. I can nerd out a little bit, but like once once people get really in depth, I'm like, okay. But you know, I would definitely pay a lot of money for a Porsche GT3, for example. But the average person wouldn't probably know that it wasn't just a kind of souped up, sporty looking 911. But it's all perspective. It's not up to you to decide whether something's expensive or not for your clients. Is up to you to tell people how much it costs and then them decide whether the value is there. You, ha- you need to convey your value by telling people what the benefits are and, you know, the results that they will get if they put themselves through the work or that the results you'll get them if you're doing a done-for-you service or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's not your responsibility to decide whether or not their bank account is rich enough. <laughs> so that leads me into the second aspect of the problem with this mentality when we assume that something's not affordable is that it's actually kind of mildly insulting (laughs) like you're assuming that somebody cannot pay your full price you take away their chance to pay you properly and feel good about it so next time you're thinking about how to price something or you're doing a proposal or however you're doing, or even if you're just looking at somebody else's prices and think, oh, that's expensive, just remember that it's your perspective and it's not your responsibility to decide what's affordable for somebody else. There's people out there that will spend a grand without thinking about it. There's other people who would never be able to spend that much money because they need it for their bills. There's other people that have that money but would come out in hives if they just willy-nilly spend that money. Like, there's so many different ways we interact with money, different ways we have money, different ways we spend it. It's not your responsibility to decide what somebody else can afford. So price what feels good to you. And if somebody can't afford it, that's okay. They might be able to afford it in the future. They might decide they can afford it. They, you know, there's lots of options. But you don't have to serve everybody and you definitely don't have to be affordable for everybody. So number two, remember that 
discounted clients are nearly always more work and are at least always as much work as your other clients. And you should never discount on request. Now, some if you're working internationally, some um, cultures are more into haggling than many Western cultures. So you don't necessarily have to be um, offended if somebody asks for a discount, but you do need to have a boundary and enforce it. So if somebody asks for a discount, you just say, I don't give discounts. You can say, um, I don't give discounts, but I'd be happy to XXX and like give them a bonus if you want to feel generous and whatever. But the best thing is to say, I don't give discounts and then leave it at that or add a bonus. Um, if somebody comes to you and asks you for a discount and adds on something like, it won't be much work or it won't take long or any other phrase that seems too big red flag, um, usually if someone's willing to say that kind of thing to you, then they have no perception of the value that you or your product will bring them and um, there'll be nothing but trouble, honestly. So even if they don't hold up a major red flag like that, asking for like a best price or great quote or any other phrase like that, um, remember that they're still going to be as much work as your full playing clients. So remember that when you give a discount for something, and this goes for services, either try to lessen what they want you to do or do values your expertise um, or your product, definitely walk away especially but also products and programs that are self-guided and things like that remember that you're still giving them the same access and the same rights and things so you know if you if you discount something and you give it to somebody for that price and they come back to you and need support you're going to resent them more than if they had paid a full price for it so make sure that when you do discount it's a strategic move or something you feel really, really good about. Remember that you are still offering the value and your energy. So you need to set correct boundaries around what you charge for that. So number three is remember that charging well allows you to do your best work. You're charging so that they can access your energy. And um, one tip that this is more of a marketing kind of thing but jenna black she's a money coach she said in one of her early podcasts that people are buying into your energy so think of it here in that people are buying to access your energy so if you discount you're devaluing your energy and you'll probably think about it whenever you speak with them or work with them when you charge well, you don't have that hanging over you. You don't have that, like, every time they ask for something, you don't have that, like, oh, my God, I'm spending more time on this and now I'm getting paid nothing kind of thought. You charge appropriately and then you can give them your energy more freely and feel good about what you're giving them. You know, the worst situation is when we discount, then realize the client's more work and then, you know, try to wrap up everything as quickly as possible because we feel shitty about it now so charge well so that you can do your best work or provide the best work so number four is stop thinking in terms of money when things are fast or easy you know if you sell a product 
don't get sucked into the trap of thinking about how much time it took you especially if you already got paid for it so like if you do a live webinar or you know workshop or whatever um, and you get paid for the clients that attend live and then you decide to put the replay up to buy on your website then don't devalue the value that you gave in that webinar just because you aren't actively taking part in it if that makes sense you don't have to slash the price because it's easy to make money from it now you're not actively participating in the value anymore you know business is allowed to be easy but so often we won't let it be easy and we make rules about what we can and can't charge for so make sure you don't undervalue things that are easy for you because it will undervalue your clients will also undervalue it whereas reality is that something you find easy and someone else doesn't that's a really big asset to you and therefore you should charge appropriately um and obviously while i've used the webinar um an uh, example it totally goes for service-based businesses like don't cut your prices because something's easy for you or fast to do if you're doing something faster than normal or over a weekend you can charge a premium for that um i never or i did when i first started but once i was established i never ever did rushed work um it wasn't that way i liked to write so yeah, i never did it but i know of peers who would do you know like a website in a day package or a website in a week or whatever it is and they would charge double their normal price for people who wanted that in fast and intense experience you can charge to jump the queue you can charge for the fact that it takes you very little time to produce something that's good fast doesn't mean crap and fast doesn't mean that it's cheap it means that you have a skill set that other people want and it's the same thing for products as well if somebody gets early access fast stuff it doesn't have to be an early bird price i think that that works well if you're trying to get people into something early but remember that like getting something fast and early sometimes that's that's a premium service that you can provide so number five is give yourself more time before you send a proposal or set a price if you are struggling with undercharging if you're a chronic undercharger you need to give yourself more time to sit with the price point and really think it through um and make sure that you don't the only caveat there is you need to make sure that you aren't lowering it from where you are at least not a lot because that's the only issue with waiting is that you might jump in at a price point that's good and then talk yourself out of it the waiting period is so that you can think through what you're actually offering and make sure that you feel good about the value you're offering it for in the exchange of money so my next episode will be on why i love the three p's which is programs packages and products so if you're constantly pricing up different jobs from scratch and you know kind of like you don't have a set pricing for things or you're constantly doing a, a huge range of different things um, make sure you tune into that episode next week uh, or next if it's already aired um, but you need to give yourself time to really think about what a project is going to take from you um, it goes for products as well um, especially if you're offering any level of support you know if you're working with a client or coaching or whatever think about what would you still feel good about this price point if it ends up being a little less straightforward than you think 
if it takes a couple days longer to finish something like that would you still feel comfortable at this price point um, you need to give yourself a little bit of wriggle room so that if something's a little harder you still aren't struggling and equally make sure that you have extras um, outlined in your contract if you're doing service-based work so like have a limit on how many revisions they can have of something before you charge for that time that's really essential in making sure that projects don't spiral out of control so the truth is undercharging is always a you problem it's always our brain talking us out of why we can't value this and that and generally a higher price you charge the fewer problems you're going to have from clients obviously that doesn't mean that you can you know add a zero to the end of your normal price point and feel great about it and never have a problem again um, you generally have to increase your prices incrementally and kind of acclimatize yourself to that new price point um, so you don't feel like a fraud when you <laughs> charge people that and don't you know sabotage yourself by not trying to land clients at that price so that wraps up our episode today again if you want a little more help here make sure you grab the free resource from the show notes um, i'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and tell a business friend about it it's my mission to reach as many women as possible um, and help them get the right boundaries in place so that they don't have to struggle forget when they last had a day off or feel like it would be easier to just quit and get a job you can find me and more information on Instagram where you can find me at Boundaries Breakthrough. If you go in my bio there, you can find links to other free resources um, and other resources that can help you start making positive changes to your business today. Um, online, you can find me at hannahlouise.com. Remember, that's H-A-N-A, -A, where you can find out more about me, what I've got going on, how to contact me, um, and you can find all the blog posts that accompany these episodes which are less rambly and more streamlined. So you can come back and grab those anytime you want to see. You don't have to re-listen to the podcast unless you want the rambly explanations. Um, new episodes come out every Sunday. They're usually 10 to 30 minutes long. Um, so you can quickly start. Um, so you can quickly listen to them before you start your week every Sunday or Monday. So that you start the week in your corner. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you.